All right, back with another episode from Shibuya Tokyo. I'm Tokyo Cliff. Buddha, chocolate Buddha couldn't make it here today.、Um, I'm not in the Mobile Man Cave today as well. We are in Noah Studios in Shibuya. I'm pretty excited about this episode、uh, for two reasons. One, I have my homie, my brother, Mega from the Mega Late Show here. What up, Meg? What's good? Everything is good, man. Feeling really good. Happy to be here. Unfortunately, Shock's not here. I was really looking forward to meet him, but I'm also really excited to speak to our guest today, who I mean for the first time, but I've seen online for quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talk pretty often, right? You know, just about. Yeah, pretty much of, like almost every day about dumb shit. Yeah. Guaranteed. Podcast shit. Yeah. Just shit going on in Tokyo. Yeah. You be sending me the wild videos on Instagram <laughs> and shit. <laughs> word, word, word. And yeah, so the second reason I'm excited about this episode is because we have the Curling and Kansai podcast back.、Mm-hmm. And this, yeah. Yeah. And this time with both hosts. Yeah. Hi. Welcome, Elise. Hi. What's going on? I'm sleepy. Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo's beating you up. There's too many people. Too many people, right? I'm over、yeah. it. <laughs> I'm over it. I've never really partied out there in Osaka, so、you、I don't need to、really、come know. down. I hear it's got、down. a whole different vibe. It's chilled. It's way more chill. Thousand times. Well, more chill. also, yes,、um, for those who don't remember, I'm, I'm Ayana. Yes,、oh, and Ayana's back. Yes. Yeah, indeed. I don't want to be forgotten. Yes, exactly.、Um, we would never. Welcome back, Ayana. And yeah, we had Ayana on earlier、uh, in this, the year, and we talked about Osaka versus Tokyo. Don't want to rehash that. Nope, you can, you can、no. go listen to that episode. Fine. We already know who won, me, but that's yeah. okay. I, I wanted to jump in and make my own rebuttals because I felt like people weren't, I felt like Shock wasn't really doing us justice out here with that. Yeah, <laughs> Shout out、yeah. to Shock, but I mean, I was、yeah. like, yo, you got to give Tokyo a little more credit. But then I was arguing for Tokyo. I've never been to Osaka, so it's like. Well, then I don't know、yeah. what to tell you.、Yeah. <laughs> what, what are y'all doing out here right now?、Uh, we just went to Tokyo Disney Sea yesterday. Oh, y'all don't have that in Osaka? That's a shame.、Um, We have USJ, <laughs> which has more people now、exactly. than the Disneyland. Exactly.、So. And as much as I didn't like both of them, <laughs> <laughs>、um, because I like, I like roller coasters. So I think if I go to another amusement park in Japan, I'd have to go to, what is it? Fuji Q. Yeah,、um, both USJ and Disney Sea don't have the rides that I like. But I would say USJ has better roller coasters than Disney. Yeah. They have the flying dinosaur now. Which is hella fun, even、yeah. though I waited two hours for that. I was like, why? That's all of Japan, <laughs> waiting two hours for that. Two、everything. hours, yeah. And then the Harry Potter ride was fun, both of them.、Mm-hmm. Is it like in the States where it's just like you're sitting in something and it's like visual? It's like a screen that you go through? They have two types in USJ they have that, and then they have actual roller coasters that are outside. So USJ wins for me. <laughs> Which is in Osaka. So, yeah. Well, Disneyland got that Rescue Rangers joint, man. I've never even been to Disneyland. 90 centimeters、yeah. to ride it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I won't rehash this Tokyo、it's、versus Osaka. It's fine. I'm just, I'm just, I already know <laughs> that I won. And if you,、words. in your mind, think you won, that's、oh、fine. Just in your world. <laughs> both, both are great cities,、yes. and we'll just leave it at that. Both、right? theme parks are great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> both theme parks are not great.、Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm joking. No, but what, what I think is really dope is despite us、uh, being a little bit combative about where we live, it's good that we're all here because we're all podcasters, we're all people of color, and providing a rich, valuable perspective about life here in Japan. And three of us out of four of us, Um, are from New York. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sick of y'all. So、right、we、now. have a lot in common. I'm so sick of y'all. But、uh, Northeast, basically, even though, Mega, you're not. You're... Nah, I grew up in Cali. You grew up in Cali. Yeah. 
but still born in New York. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Northeast. <Bye>. <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to talk a little more about um, our podcast, all of our podcasts uh, later on. Before we get into the episode, shout out to Late, the homie Late. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. That's my guy, my brother, my platonic life partner in podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we, and we're definitely going to have Mega Le- uh, the Mega Late Show on the, the podcast in the near future. Yeah, our schedules seems to always clash. Mega's doing, I mean, not, Late is doing everything. He's all over the place I in will, Tokyo. Can we hold up for a second? Um, I'm not really understanding. Is it Mega your real name? Nah, Mega is not my real name, but okay. it's it was my righteous name when I was like 15. Okay. My dad used to be 5% or Nation of the Gods and the Earth, so Mega comes from Master Equality, God Allah. Okay. Uh, a lot of people in my family still call me that, and I've just kind of used that as kind of my hip-hop name since then. Although I'm definitely not on that hotep shit these days. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I was about to say. Um, and then you're in the other guys. Late? His real name is Late? Uh, I don't want to toss out his government because I don't know how he no, feels I'm about not it. asking that's just, for his, nah, his that's not, name. I'm just nah, nah, he just, he's late because uh, a couple of people said he was late all the time. <laughs> oh, shade. No, I was just yeah. interested in the name because I I, just, I heard your podcast name Mega Late. And I was like, oh, that's a cool name. But then like when you're saying his name is Mega, I was like, oh, that's his name too? Oh, that's what's up. It just kind of clicked like that. We we almost didn't plan it. I think we were going to call it Ramen Juice when we first started. <laughs> so glad you didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> And uh, just to uh, throw it out there a little bit, we don't have to get too much into it. Uh, I believe you guys also going to have a sandwich named after you guys? Oh, yeah. We've got a sponsorship with Harry Sandwich Co. coming out. Mega late show. So we're going to have a breakfast sandwich. Probably like sausage and wasabi. Oh. <laughs> no, it'll be something. Though. It'll be a breakfast sandwich. But shout out to uh, them for sandwiches. Yeah. Shout out to Harry's. All right. So let's get into it. Um, Elise. Yes. Yeah, we finally have you on, and yeah, I wanted to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, I, of course, I listen to the podcast, and I probably listen to every episode. But uh, yeah, Thank it's good you. to have you here, and wanted to ask you about your life in Japan okay. and Osaka. I believe you work for a Japanese company. Yeah, talk yes. a little bit about what you do. Um, I work in localization, which is uh, we basically translate from Japanese and to Japanese into a bunch of different languages, and my department specifically is quality assurance. So we take the translated content, we put it in a game or a website or an app, and then we have to check it to make sure it was implemented correctly, that the translations match the context which they're used, and stuff like that. So um, I'm the LQA lead, so I don't really play the games anymore so much as I have to talk with the clients and work out scheduling and figure out what kind of work they want done, and I have to do that for European and Japanese clients. Dope. And this is a Japanese-owned and operated company? They Actually, the president is Spanish. Oh, He's from Spain. Okay. He came to Japan like years ago, and he used to work for like, I think, Koei Tecmo or some other like gaming companies. And back then, there was no real like localization business. A lot of Japanese companies just found translators. They hired them in-house, and they did everything in-house. But um, now uh, there's a lot of companies that work outside of Japan and they're trying to, you know, work on Japanese games and apps, especially now that everything's digital. It's way easier to do now. Well, before they had like send stuff by tape or send like a whole physical game to test it. Now it's really easy. So, yeah, he decided to start his own company about 10 years ago. And I've been with the company for about six, five or six years. So. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> people people that um, watch your podcast and listen to your podcast probably know all about your appearance. But since we don't have videos on ours, you you're you've got piercings and your hair is really dope and and she has not blonde afro. Yeah, not 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 <laughs> your natural piercings. color, I imagine. No. Uh, are you allowed to rock those at work? Yeah. Um, oh, luckily, dope. the video game industry, everyone's really chilled. Um, I've been to a couple different like companies. I was at Nintendo for a while. Um, I've been to Platinum Games, and they're very relaxed about their dress code. Not Nintendo, actually. They make you wear like a Nintendo jacket, and they're like, "We're khakis." Oh, really? And I'm like, "Y'all make fun, colorful games, and we wearing khakis in the office." You want to rock like overalls <laughs> with Tim's? <laughs> they're just like it was weird, but no, everyone's really chilled out. Um, a lot of companies allow people with tattoos and piercings. I think because honestly, they don't pay well. But if they feel like if they give you the freedom to kind of live your life the way you want to, you'll take the low payment in exchange for not having to basically live by the kind of standard Japanese. That's still whack, though. Um, yeah, work life kind of culture. So, yeah, they're fine with it. Though they, you know, every time I get something new, they're kind of like, oh, you changed. You got like a new something. <laughs> you like, got hand tattoos now. What? Like, uh, yep. What's the working culture like? Can you speak about the working culture? Is it difficult for you? Besides the appearance things. And stuff. Um, yeah, I would say the way that non-Japanese people approach their work versus the way Japanese approach their work is completely different. So um, basically, in my department, there's the guy that's above me. He's El Salvadorian. Then there's me. I'm American. Our original Bucho was Italian. Now it's a Japanese guy. And then, of course, the company president is Spanish. So... Even in our higher like positions, we have um, a lot of non-Japanese people. And outside of Japan, it's not really about looking busy so much as your results, right? As long as you do what project you're assigned and you do it well, no one really cares how you kind of got there. But in Japan, like the Japanese, like we, our HR department is all Japanese. So they're like, well, what did you do today? Like they make us fill out a little electronic sheet and every hour we have to tell them what we're working on micromanaging to the max whoa and if you don't fill that out i never do because i'm like this is stupid so they always come after me elise did you did you fill out your follow are you gonna are you gonna fill it out tell (laughs) us what you did and i'm like i didn't do anything because i didn't have a project today so there's nothing for me to fill out and they're like but you know you still have to fill it out even if you didn't do anything (laughs) i'm like that defeats the purpose and it makes it look like we're wasting money but we're not because we're all salaried so you already know this is an expense and like, even if you explain it, they're like, well, we understand that, but you still got to do it. And I'm like, you know that it's a waste of time. You know that it's pointless, but you want it done anyway? Yeah. But why? And the type of bureaucracy that's out here in Japan is ridiculous. It's Do you have to fax them that little <laughs> sheet? <laughs> it's like <laughs> HR is right next door, but right? we still got to fax Two years ago, we finally got it all digital. We were using a punch-in machine for like the first <laughs> three, four years I was there. Until I got no, actually, until I got salaried, all of the all the part time people still had to do it until like a year ago when we finally were like, okay, it's kind of digital now. Except, sal- uh, part time people still have to actually sign in and out with the paper because they love to waste paper here. Yeah, I had to fax something just yesterday. Shout wow. out to fax. Wow, I didn't know <laughs> that was still a thing. Like, you know what I mean? Shout out to fax machines. Yeah, they stay still alive. holding it down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fifty <laughs> years strong. <laughs> Only you know it's frustrating to say the least, and I I'm trying to suggest that they change it because you know 
that's me. Like, I'm not one to just take it lying down and be like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'm just like, but if we did it this way, wouldn't it be more efficient? And they're like, that's true. And then three months later, they'll finally like get to it. So efficiency is good, but fax machines. <laughs> that's interesting. What, what's your like the workplace composition? You mentioned that like all of HR is Japanese, and then there's various people, and the owner are are you know foreigners. But like in terms of the entire corporation, is it primarily Japanese or? I would say. Do you guys outnumber the Japanese? For most of the company's existence, it was mostly foreigners like it was like 80 90 percent foreigners when we went public a few years ago that's when we had to get like japanese banks to invest and so then it was like well now you need to have like real japanese people there that like do they work there and so that's when we got the whole hr department and they start bringing in oh but we should have morning meetings every week and we're like but why (laughs) why should everyone come in 30 minutes early to do what yeah so um yeah from my experience with working jap with working with japanese people i just like they're just by the book like there's no room to um, None at all. do anything different on the fly or it's like black and white yes yes very by the book yeah by the book and but now it's i would say it's slowly the japanese people are overtaking the non-japanese people and i feel like that was our best selling point it's like we're a company in japan but we're mostly foreigners so we give that outside perspective whether you're a japanese company trying to localize for europe you need someone that's lived in europe to tell you like okay this underage girl scene is not going to fly in these countries because that's not a thing like they need that kind of guidance because a lot of japanese companies would be like oh we didn't know we thought everybody was into this and i was like nah you can't you can't sell this you can't sell this overseas like a lot of companies are trying to get to um, Dubai or like the Middle East and it's like you need to know it's real strict like what you can put in content like gaming content there like you can't have alcohol you can't have sexually explicit images which is like all Japanese games <laughs> it's all tits everywhere right so yeah we're we tried to maybe like a lot of foreigners in our companies is our strong point but recently we've been kind of like losing not even losing the amount of foreigners, but just gaining so many Japanese people. I'm worried it's going to go the way of just becoming another Japanese company that kind of knows what they're doing. I feel like if after you leave, whenever you leave, it's going to be like that. Yeah. Because like, you're you're the voice of keeping things like... There's <laughs> a few of us there, like a few people that have been there since it was the company was created. But they're not being... They're not inspiring us to stay around, I feel, sometimes. They just, they're just like, oh, but, you know, in order to get more Japanese investors, we should really be putting in all these policies that don't make any sense and waste time. And, you know, foreigners, we'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to, like, go do something else. I, I don't need this. So speaking of that, like, how, how much longer do you see yourself doing that? Um, for me, I'm pretty easygoing. And like you said, I have piercings and tattoos. So I'm not really looking to, like, go to any other companies at this point. I'll probably be there till I decide to leave Japan. And and like I'm in my current schedule it's about 5 years from now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um yeah. And I was going to say, I always try to deter people from leaving Japan, and I don't even know why I do that, so I had to stop myself from being like, no, I'll stick around, because, I mean, For we, we, we go through right. a lot of bullshit out here, so, I mean, I can see why people want to yeah. How long have you been here? I've been in Tokyo for about five years, and I was in Okinawa for two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been in Osaka only for almost eight years now, mm-hmm. and Elise has been nine. 
I'm almost on my way to my ninth year. Yeah, and we're like both over it. I mean, Osaka's great. Don't like get that wrong, but I'm just over it. You over it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not leaving like next year. I'm okay. probably gonna leave in like the next two three years. We're just planning. It it takes a lot of money and saving. Yes, <laughs> it does. It does. Um, so, from my understanding, at least you are married to a Japanese man. Yes. Now, in 2018, <laughs> he's just like, "All right, let's get into it here." Yeah, let's get yeah. into it. Now, in 2018, this shouldn't be a big deal, right? Like, you know, I'm not sure it is. Love is love, right? Yeah, love is blind. So, um, but still, we're in Japan, and I think still a lot of people would find that interesting. Um, can you can you talk about uh, your experience of being married to a Japanese man? Um, exhausting. Exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Luckily, I got lucky. I, I think I got lucky because his grandmother used to work for an American soldier. And she, so she was kind of like into American culture and she was all ready to go to Hawaii with him because she was like their maid or like a cook or something. And he was like, yeah, you can come with us to Hawaii. And then she had like this really great experience. And then World War II happened and they were like, yeah, no Japanese people are coming mm. for a while. So, but even then, her grandmother loved, his grandmother loved America and she used to go to Hawaii a lot. And she ta- taught um, my husband... And his mother even like, you know, America's a great place and you should learn English because she spoke English. And so he grew up with this kind of positive image of American culture and I think English speaking culture. So even when we first met, he was ready to kind of like accept American cultures and ex- an American perspective, whereas some Japanese men that are like born and raised. Most Japanese men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a large majority of Japanese men that don't leave Japan, that don't probably even have an interest in other cultures, especially dealing with women from other cultures because they can barely deal deal with Japanese women. Um, Yeah, I got really lucky in that respect. So he's a very strange, very strange, strange Japanese man. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I like Shota. He's like one of my favorite Japanese men that I know. And like the only friend, Japanese male friend that I have, I think. (laughs) And it's not like we're close. It's like, oh, you're just my best friend. Japanese men are terrible at being friends with women. They don't know how to do it. They treat it like, unless I can be attracted to you, I can't be your friend kind of thing. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, we don't have that problem in the U.S., but it's also, you know, just the way we're raised and interact with each other from a young age. Shout out to Shota. <laughs> he doesn't even listen to I know. I, I'm, just, I'm just shouting them out anyway. Okay. I, I like to give a lot of shout outs. I'll be shouting out everybody. <laughs> shout out to fax machines. <laughs> shout out to fax machines. I don't know if they're listening, but yo, I'm with y'all. <laughs> I think it I think it's important that um well <clears throat> for for relationships out here, it, it definitely helps ease the transition to dating somebody that's foreign when they're already more interested in the culture or have somebody that's kind of rocking with it in the first place. My wife is Japanese or she's Okinawan, I should say. And, you know, out there, there's a lot of foreigners. So some people have like an aversion to them and other people are really welcoming of the culture. And um, her mom had an aversion, but her grandparents were cool with Americans despite living through World War II, which was strange. But, you know, um, I don't I couldn't see myself dating a like a Japanese woman who that I only spoke Japanese to. They have to have some type of acceptance for American culture. My wife is a break dancer, so she was already interested in like hip hop culture and that's where we connected. So how did how did you connect with is he like y'all said he's a little bit weird and, and strange like I don't I don't get is he, I don't is he he's like, very yeah. awkward and I think I remember you talking about what attracted you the most was his awkwardness it's adorable and they're both <laughs> awkward together and it's really cute it's cute as fuck but it's just like he makes these weird timed jokes and they're bad they're so bad but you have to laugh anyway because it's just Shota like 
I don't know. Like he's he's welcoming all people. Like you know some Japanese people like I don't know you, so I'm just not. I'm gonna act like you're not there. I'm just kind of be really standoffish because it's very in group out group. He doesn't have that. I feel like he doesn't have that in group out group filter. So he treats everybody like even though he's shy at first. Eventually he's like, oh yeah, you're my friend. And he'll like you know. He's very shy. He's still shy with me, but that's because I like give him a hug. And he, he can't take hugs. Boobs, man. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to try to do more, like, give him a kiss on the cheek. Because like, Elise doesn't care. But then he's like, oh, my God. Elise, is this okay? And I'm like, oh, my God. Let me not traumatize this boy. It's adorable. Yeah. I love it. You know, you know what I find interesting? Like, when you uh, meet someone outside, not from the culture, and you give them, like, them... them Hood hugs, like, what's good, son? What's, yeah. what's pop? The back all hard yeah, shit. They're yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> See, Shota would be totally down with that. He'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's okay with m- other men, like being friends with other men, no problem. Yeah. But with girls, it's like. It's a typical Japanese man yeah. interaction with women. It's like. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> now, I got a question. I want to ask you, like, now you've, I'm pretty sure you've done some traveling in the States with Shota. Yes. When I. So, make a long story short, uh, my wife, me and my wife, we did long distance and at first, and she would come visit me in New York City. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll be on a train, waiting for the train, whatever, and she would get these stares from black women. Um, yeah, mostly black women, I think. That's because you're attractive, and they're like, oh, he's with her? Well, thank you, Ayana. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just want to know what type of reactions do you get with Shota walking around wherever in the States? In D.C., last time we visited D.C., I didn't notice anything, really. But you always get stared at because you're There's just also eccentric looking. I've been, I've looked this way for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I've kind of learned to ignore the stares. Actually, though, when we were in the U.K., I visited him when he was studying English in the UK and we were on the bus together and these uh, British dudes were like, hi, Chinese person and French girl and like saying all this like weird, weird, hella offensive shit. And I was just like, all right, UK, I see you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Loud ass racist shit, but that's cool. But in the States, um, we've only we went to New York for like a hot second. I, no, wait, we were in New York for like a week before. And I don't recall anything. Well, New York, out of out to me. All, most states, I would think is you know they see that more often than. Yeah. But I've I don't know, maybe not. In but in the states, yeah. Yeah. So like when I'm on the train, like it was a f- couple in- instances. Uh, one, there was like this uh, homeless dude, whatever, doing the whole entertaining thing, going down, walking down the train car, making jokes and stuff, and then he gets to my wife, and he's like, "Ni hao," and then. You know, I, I I laughed it off. I didn't like really get too upset about it, but and then like I had like this like black lady, like middle aged woman, just like maybe I don't know, kind of close to my wife sitting down, and she just like grilling her hard. And my wife is kind of like she's like she's like looking away, and I see the lady like grilling her. I'm just like I, I want to say something, but I don't want to be disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like so. Mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't know. Maybe for like black women. Yeah. Nobody, it's it's no an curb. anomaly when it's black <laughs> no women. Yeah. yeah. And because like apparently in the States, like black men, they complain online about black women dating outside of the race. But like I think in 
person is not that bad. You, you know, my mom, my mom is, you know, mixed race. My mom is mm-hmm. Filipino, Japanese, German, and Spanish. And, you know, um, I grew up and like my, my stepdaddy's even black too. And I grew up with this idea that like black women with dudes who are not black is a little bit strange. Like when they date white cats, you know how critical we are. Like she's with a white dude. Mm-hmm. And when my sister started dating white guys as she got older, I was always like talking to them. I felt like there were such cultural differences. I, I would have to ask like, hey, homie, have you ever dated a black woman before? Mm-hmm. You know, and so when I even now when I see Japanese women um, it is is kind of present as I try to be and, and you know, uh, not doing any microaggressions. I'm always curious how that relationship works because there's such a stigma against Asian men in general. Yeah. And then that contrasted with, you know, the stigmas that black women have to deal with. It's, it's a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I saw... I think earlier this year or last year, Issa Rae was getting some flack for saying that black women should date Asian men. Yeah, but she was Asian, being but, sarcastic in that right. book and everyone took it like yeah. she mm, meant course. it. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we don't, a lot of people don't read into things. They, they, you know, we, we, we become this society of we just like to take things in, in sound bites and short texts, you know. Right, because they just took a, like one or two pages from that book and took it out of context. Because if you read the book, I didn't even read the whole book, but just reading that that part i knew that she wasn't serious well i also i think like uh the focus of it is also like that w- what's wrong there's such a stigma of black women dating outside of their race what's wrong with black women dating asian asian men there's a inherent qualities that all cultures have that could be a value to anybody so we've been we've been like the carriers of black culture, you know, everybody's mama, everybody's auntie. So when we try to do something different, it's like, oh, but you're supposed to protect yeah. us. You're supposed to be there for us. And it's like, hold up, son. You've been like dating like other women forever, though. Can we get a chance? Like, <laughs> I'm exactly. tired. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Elise, for sharing no that with us. Um, Ayana. Yo. Yo. Mm-hmm. So um, hold on before yeah. we do this, man, can I just say like, thank you, because I think that the Black Creatives Japan group is really phenomenal. And like from to my understanding, you, <laughs> you, you started this, right? Or yeah, it was I like did. one of your like you and somebody else, perhaps or just no, you? it was just me. 2015, uh, November. So I, I find it to be like uh, of such incredible value to people who are living out here. Like uh, countless connections have been made. It seems to have formed a, a really strong community. Uh, I've met people out there. Um, several people through through that just facebook group and i'm constantly hearing about news and people who are doing dope things out here so shout out shout out to you shout out to fax machines but especially (laughs) shout out to you because that group is just phenomenal that's great i'm i'm really happy like i sometimes forget who's in the group (laughs) i i think it's just me just trying to stay humble that's all because it's just a facebook group but i do um, feel very warm when I hear people say like, yo, thank you for this group. I've met so many cool people and creative people. Like I know, I think a lot of times you, t- you talk about Jeff Almonte, but like that whole situation where like, I was a big fan of Jeff's YouTube for like two years or whatever. And then like all of a sudden he just requested to be in my group. I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God. He's, he's a crazy. Like, what, what, what? I, was like, I couldn't think straight. I couldn't talk straight. I just like let him in. And then he put a post and then all of a sudden my group was just, active it wasn't even that active until he like joined it the amante effect it was it was crazy and i was just like okay cool he's coming to japan he's trying to like meet up with folks and i think since then 
So thank you to Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. Um, my group has been a little bit more active and people meeting up and making collaborations and stuff. So I really appreciate like people like him. And he was very humble, too. It's not like he's like, yeah, I'm just hot shot trying to make stuff. And like y'all need to meet me because it's me. He was just like, I want to make content. I want to make good content. And if y'all free to meet up, let's do it. So and, yeah. you know, adding to that, um, what Maga said and what you said, Ayana, I mean, well, first of all, it was because of BCJ that we had Amante on our podcast. So that was pretty dope. He was only here for a week. But, and you know, when I went and did a little research on him, I didn't have enough time to do a lot. But I went to his YouTube. And I'm like, oh, shit, this motherfucker got like 90,000 subscribers. I'm like, all right, let me let it, me man. try to prepare for this one. Like, you know, <laughs> he's, he's doing his thing. And then, um, you know, it, it went well. Um and also with BCJ, I, I can honestly say like maybe 50% of our guests I've gotten from BCJ. So um, shout out to you. Shout out to yep. Ayana for creating that group. <laughs> I've never made a post on there because I'm just not a social media guy like That's that. That's fine. I never share my podcast, but I'm always looking on there for content, liking people's stuff and just finding out new things. So dope. That's great. Thank you. That's why when you said you thinking about leaving, I was like, we we need you here for this. I mean, <laughs> I can leave and still have the group. Absolutely. I just won't have the, I don't know if I'll be able to continue the events in Osaka because that's what I've been doing this year. I started a talent showcase and um, our, Wonder, our, our event, Wonderground, our DJ showcase event. And we might have another one, but for now we're just doing those two types. And then we have like other meetups like Hanami and like we're, I think this, Next Han- Hanami, we're going to have, um, what do we call it? I guess barbecue with sound system. We're going to try to do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right yeah. So we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miss uh, DJ Fim- FimQ. Yes. <laughs> yes. Elise <laughs> is also now DJing. Only because I used to complain so much about the club DJs. I was like, oh, the music is so whack. bad. I hate it so much. And then you were like, you should just DJ. And I was like, I will. Yes. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Elise has so many talents, I swear. <laughs> so many hobbies, she can't keep up. <laughs> so what's, uh, Ayana, what's going on with you these days? Uh, from my understanding, I... Oh, well, recently, yeah. My, I didn't really leave the company. The, it's just the contract ended. Okay. So before I was making uh, English video lessons for kids of like elementary school age, and um, it was only a two-year contract for me. So that's why I was in Tokyo often. That's why I was meeting you whenever we had a chance. And... Um, yeah, now it's done. And I'm just doing freelance because I hate English teaching. So <laughs> how's that going? Um, I'm still I, I ended up having to teach English, but part time. OK. And then I signed up for one of those talent agencies and they have been getting me narration work. I'm not oh. doing like character voice acting yet. I kind of want to get into that. But um, they've been getting me jobs to like read things for like announcements or for like a PowerPoint or for like a video, an information, infomercial, or like information video or something like that. So yeah, it's been interesting. You've been getting into the photography a bit? Oh yeah, that too. Actually, I want to really get into it more and, and become a professional. Dope. Mm-hmm. Dope, dope, dope. And how was the Philippines? Uh, where's my omiyage? Um, not here. Not because here? I didn't get you an omiyage. And now I just remembered <laughs> I could have because I was looking at my omiyage that I could have shared with the girls and you sorry i was like i just don't have a lot of in my a lot of space in my bag so the philippines was great i went there for a vacation because i need to get out of japan and the cold because i don't like winter at all ever anywhere like people are like oh you're from new york 
You should like winter. No, that doesn't mean anything. I am a summer baby and my family's from the Caribbean, so I don't like cold. <laughs> but yeah, you should. I recommend the Philippines. I went to Baraka, even though it's like technically under construction right now and it's going to be for a while. Um, it was still nice. Dope, so dope. I recommend. Yeah, I've heard of, uh, what's that? The one I mentioned to you, um, the part of the Philippines. North uh, or south, you know? Ah. Uh, can't remember right now but uh yeah there's a few places that i heard about but i never heard of the, the spot that you went Baraka, to yeah yeah it's like in the southern parts and okay. it's like a 45 cebu 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 uh or cebu yeah. i think they, Cebu's, they whatever, pronounce yeah. it cebu um yeah i don't know where that is exactly but going to Baraka from neither Manila, do i and my mom was born there in cebu. Shit, so what? i think i want to say i've been to the philippines I want to say the beaches are nice in Cebu or something like that. Well, I'm not sure. I think in general the beaches are nice in the Philippines. It's just like really clear waters and a lot of white sand area. So, and the food. Oh my God, the food is great. Oh my God. I know all about that though. Oh my God. <laughs> I was just like, I never had Filipino food. Yeah, Filipino food. And I'm just like, all these spices and the flavor. Oh my God. I'm missing out. I was missing out for so long. Yeah, There's man. a Filipino restaurant in... Um, Osaka. Yeah, my <gasps> friend's from the Philippines. What? She's like, she's like, this is the spot. If what? You some, Where? I'll get the info. Oh my God. Yo, okay. At the I'm... Mega Late Show studio, they'd be having Filipino food too. Mega be thrown down on that. Oh, what? I'm just going to refer to myself. I was about to say, person. aren't you Mega? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, next time. Uh, no, I know how to cook it and shit. Yeah, next okay. time you have me on, I'm, I'm expecting that, man. Some, uh, That's what I grew up on. Yeah. Filipino and soul food. Our Thanksgivings yeah. were weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mix. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. All right. Collard greens and lumpia. Yeah, yeah, lumpia. Down, man. That's what I'm talking about. I didn't, I didn't get that a chance to have that, but I had the. I think it was kare kare. I forgot what it's called. Oh, no, man. That's what I, it was good. <laughs> That's all you have yeah, to know. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> Let's talk about the podcast community a little bit. Um, so yes, I'm Tokyo Cliff. World Remote Podcast. We have Mega from the Mega Late Show. That's right. And Curly and Kansai. You know, I'm I'm really digging our community. Um, it's not as huge as like back in the States. I mean, it's like a shit ton of podcasts, podcasters in the U.S. and not so much on this side in Japan. But I, I like what we've created. I think all of us have a, um, a niche and I, I truly enjoy um, all of our podcasts. So I don't know who was like the first like black podcast show. I was thinking it was mine, but I'm not sure because then I heard that you had yours, Mega. And I'm like, well, either way, I'm just really glad that there's like more black podcasts in Japan. I think Daisha had a podcast out here about oh, 10 years yeah. ago, too. Okay, uh, I'm not really sure. And she's still she's doing one right now. I, I, so. I know um, I've, I've listened to a few episodes. I, it's probably a different podcast, but um, yeah, she's still doing one. Shout out to Daisha. But I think we started around the same time. You guys started in like March of 2017. We started in January, so right around the same time. Yeah, I, I, I actually really think it's dope, and I subscribe and support both of your podcasts and have mentioned multiple times on our podcast. And, and as you said, um, all of us provide like a different experience here. And I think that that's, uh, especially nowadays, we're always but it's it's of tremendous importance that our voices are heard uh because the mainstream perceptions of japan uh aren't providing them with our perspective we so, really like to debunk you know. shit that people think is happening in japan it's, yes yeah. and speaking of that um so i have a question for both of you you can answer individually um so if i'm a new listener to your podcast what episode or pick an episode you think could really tell me about Japan um, and not like 
the commercial side of Japan, not like all the glitz and glamour I'm talking about, really get underneath. Like a particular episode. Yeah, particular, most yeah and I, I think all of, all of the episodes do a good job of that. But if you I can just throw out. Culture one. I was just about to say our most recent one. And mm. I mean, yeah, the past like couple of episodes was good. But the drinking culture one, I think, is kind of right now the one of our best episodes to, to dispel or like debunk like how life is like in Japan. Yeah. Because I feel like people get here and they see like, oh, it's Nomi Hodai everywhere. You go to the club, all you can drink. And they're like, yeah, this is the life. And it's like, yeah. I think people... It's just awesome. I like that episode a lot too. You know, I, I came out here and I became like a hardcore alcoholic. And then I got, yep, I've been same. sober for like uh, several months now, almost a, almost a year now by the time this comes out. And so uh, it was interesting to me, uh, that episode as well. What was the name of your guest on that one? That was my... And she was on another episode. Yeah. I was going to well. mention that. She that, was on that, the LGBT one. Yeah. Okay. That was dope. I like that one too. So shout out to Mai. But you know, <laughs> I, I think I think all of your your episodes um, provide some like a a very interesting outlook. Like even in the beginning of the the drinking episode, you're talking about universities out here and where you came from and a little bit of the differences. So especially as black women, I. I'm very intrigued to hear what you guys have to say about everything. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast because I I, I didn't see that many. Uh, well, they're, they're starting to be more now YouTubers that are black women in Japan. But for podcasts, I was like, oh, this platform doesn't have a lot of our voice. So that's why I started it. And then also I wanted to be mainly women, just black women on the show as for guests. But like I'm going to start like bringing in men as well but um definitely having my the japanese voice who's smart and not like a typical japanese person and knows what's going on in her country is like important so we had to show that as well and our most popular episode right now is uh the one that's about college because our guest is morena in japan who just has a lot of subscribers because she went viral so many times (laughs) and uh we was um so i think Lorraine was supposed to come here to Tokyo not too long ago because actually I was corresponding with her via um, Twitter or somewhere. And um, I think it was like September-ish and then she said she couldn't come. So She, she, she was broke at that time. Yeah, she said, yeah, she just, she was straight up. She was like, look, I'm broke. I can't She's make it. <laughs> I was like, All right. yeah, I, you know, I totally yeah. get it. But um, I hope you make it over here, Marina. We'd yeah. love to I, have you on. I was... Um, a little bit jarred by how small she looked in the body. I was like, she's tiny. She's so yeah. tiny. <laughs> uh, she, she's a, she's a, uh, an interesting and great voice as well. Yeah, I love her perspective. Right, so yeah. having that, like, different age, uh, different, you know, perspectives, like having my, having a Latina, having a mixed girl in there, having our friend Chris was on there once. Mm-hmm. We just wanted that, you know, variety, but also just be like, this is Kansai. Like, yeah, y'all know about Tokyo and y'all know a little bit about Osaka, but you really don't know that the difference in life and living in Kansai than it is in Kanto. So yeah, that's why I have this show. How did y'all meet? Cause you guys have, you, you guys, you, you have such great chemistry uh, that comes off immediately when you guys started the podcast. Whereas like for my podcast, we kind of met a few months before and we're just like, let's do it. But you guys just went boom. And it was just like, Hey, we're back to back. Like at least can answer this. It was like a mutual friend invited. We were going like shopping with, I was going shopping with a friend and she, yeah. And she invited Ayana. So we just met and she was like, Oh, we're Twitter friends. And we're like, okay, we'll just, hang out and then from there we just started hanging out like every other weekend going to parties together and there was a gap where we didn't really see each other that much but then yeah. there was a time where i was working where we met like when we were going to work 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, after that, I fr- it was, like, a couple weeks. You're like, oh, anybody want to take pole dancing class with oh, me? Oh, yeah, that's right. So then that's when we really got close. So it was like, oh, we were taking pole dancing class. And then, yeah. It feels like it was years ago, but it was, lit- like, literally two, one or two years ago. No, <laughs> it was three recent. years ago. Get out of here. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Um, I-, I got one more yeah, question. Go ahead. The your your intro jingle is that Devin Morrison? That is correct. Shout out to my man Devin Morrison, yo. <laughs> That's my guy. Yo, he's yeah. gonna blow up. Man. He's been that on the, he's crazy. been on Mega Late Show, so uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we all connected, man. Episodes, yeah, too. we all connected. Uh, he's doing stuff with Mind Design and Cali and everything. He's really killing it. Super talented guy. All right, uh, we appreciate Curly and Kansai for coming through. Um, Mega, thanks for coming. Uh, yo, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll have we we'll definitely have you back on. And yeah, let's get out of here. World Urban Mode Podcast. Oh, yeah. Before we go, your plugs, social media plugs and all that. Yes. Uh, so you can check out our podcast, curlyandconsci.com. And curly is spelled with a K. And uh, also check out uh, Black Creative Japan. Uh, if you're a black person, you can join the Facebook private group. But if you're not, you can join the page and then keep updated with events that we have. We have a uh, showcase and chill is our talent show. And yeah, just we'll update you with that. Mega. Yo, oh yeah, yeah Mega Late Show. Uh, we're a hip hop and dope creative culture podcast here in Japan. New episodes every Friday. You can find us through your Googles. Do all of those Googles. Word, uh, peace word. is done. All right, we out. Thank you for listening to the Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com or you can head straight to Google and type in Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.